Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. First pitch into right field on a line right at Grossman. That ball was hit well, and the Sox will fall a run short in Detroit this July 4th. NBC Sports Chicago, Jason Benetti putting a period at the end of that sentence. It was 6-5 Detroit. Jose Abreu with a three-run homer in the ninth was not enough. Lucas Giolito was not enough. But you know what? Scott Merkin's enough. Welcome in, welcome back. Saturday Suckage on Monday. Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, Steve Rosenblum and Mark Grody with you. Scores Hotline is presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. Scott Merkin, the White Sox are in first place. They have a terrific chance to get to the World Series. There's a trade rumor out there about Trevor Story. Do you believe it? Do you not believe it? Would you be in favor of it? Would that mean moving Tim Anderson? How would that go over? We have questions, Scott Merkin, and happy fifth and happy fifth of July to you. Thank you. I'm sitting at a uh, gate A24 in the Delta Terminal in Detroit. I have to get to A12, but I'm I'm proud that I've already made it from A36 to A24 without taking the tram here. So it's a it's a good step on July 5th, Monday morning here. But <clears throat> excuse me. In answer to all your questions, I, I believe it. I think you know the Sox, you know, under Rick Hahn and Kenny Williams have always been a team that's been aggressive and they look for, you know, they always look to improve and they look for the, you know, the, the biggest fit they can find, you know, keep in mind that they're going, if they go after a second baseman, you know, Nick Madrigal who uh, tore his hamstring had surgery to repair it and will be out for the season. We'll be back next year. They still firmly believe he's in their plans. So that's the issue. You know, story has whatever is remaining, 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 remaining of his contract for this season so, you know, what do you give up for a guy who's basically going to be a one-year, part of a one, not even a year, half a year rental, and understanding that market is going to be huge for a player as talented as him. And then to the other question, Tim Anderson is not moving. Tim Anderson is the shortstop. That is not changing. I can guarantee you that one. I've, there's very few things in the 19 years I've covered this team that I'm certain of, and that is one of them. Tim Anderson is not moving from shortstop, <laughs> so Trevor Story would be the second baseman if that happened, and it sounds like, <clears throat> just discussions and that sort of thing. But, yeah, I mean, nothing ever surprises me on the White Sox because they try to make bold moves to improve this team, whether they're rebuilding or, you know, going for a World Series title. So what level player do you think the White Sox would be willing to give up for somebody like Trevor Story? 
Oh, wow, that, you know, that's very hard to say just because you don't know what they're asking, first of all. And, I mean, the, the interesting thing for the Sox is that most of their top young talent that's, you know, major league ready is major league playing right now. You know, so, I mean, Garrett Crochet is at the major league level. Michael Kopech at the major league level. Yohan Moncada, major league level. You know, you, you guys have a time limit on this interview, so I'm not going to list every single guy who's on there. But, you know, Robert uh, Jimenez, everyone else, the other guys – are much lower down and, you know, very talented, but much further away. You're talking Jared Kelly, Andrew Dahlquist, Matthew Thompson. So, you know, it probably takes a little bit with no minor league season last year for other teams to get a, a better feel on these guys. But it, it's just a question of, you know, Rick Hans talked about, you know, kind of answering to both sides of the line there and that this is not a one-off season for the White Sox. They're not saying, well, if we don't win in 2021 – we're back to the drawing board. This is a, a window of four to five years at least that they can be competitive. So they're not going to tear it down to win this year. But in the same sense, you're not going to give up a really good chance to win it. I mean, you know, there is no clear-cut favorite in the American League right now. Boston's very good. Houston obviously took apart the White Sox at Minute Maid in a four-game series. But, you know, that's the regular season. So, you know, I think they're going to look at both both sides of the equation and see what adds up for them. Our guest is Scott Merkin. He covers the White Sox for MLB.com. We've got Saturday Suckage on Monday here on The Score. Steve Rosalou and Mark Grody. So we're discussing earlier, as long as you're looking for a rental, why not Javi Baez? He could play second base. He's not telling Tim Anderson to move. And he's played second base before, and he's terrific, and he's better than what they'd have there, and he'd be gone next year the way the Sox would like somebody to go away because it would be a cheaper price. And by the way, Merk, this suckathon goes till noon, so you can list every White Sox player who's come on. Who's <laughs> but but I do have to. Gross. I do have to travel twelve more gates to get to my flight, so I, I can't. Oh, okay. I can't list them all, all right. at that point. But no, I. Uh, I mean, that's an interesting, interesting call. And I think he played second on was it the fifteen team that went to the LCS? I want to say he was the second baseman for, mm-hmm. for the Cubs. But you know, I mean, I think all you know, the Cubs Sox trade might be a little you know because of the trades that have happened in the past. People kind of assume there might be a little extra pay there or maybe a little extra ask there, but who knows? And who knows what the Cubs are even doing at this point? Obviously, they've lost nine in a row and are, you know, a a far-distant shout from first place at this point. So we'll we'll see what they, you know, what what path they travel. But I think, I don't want to say any avenue is open for the Sox, but they're going to look at all possibilities in order to improve this team. They have a very good team. You know, they have a very good team. And they have a very good team with Madrigal out for the year now, with Robert out since, like, May 2nd. Eloy Jimenez out since spring training. Michael Kopech out for a month. You know, Lance Lynn has been on the I.L. Tim Anderson has been on the I.L. Jose Abreu has been knocked over two or three times in the field, yet keeps on going, but, you know, absorbs that kind of pain and contact, too. So when you look at all they've done, and they're still at this point and still six games up in that division, which they should, you know, barring something really surprising, should win in a walkaway, you know, you, you say, man, we really have something special. Let's let's build on this and go forward. It, it has not been this year, Merck, looking at uh, yesterday's game, the Tiger 6-5 win over the White Sox. It, it is, I don't, I don't even know how to describe Lucas Giolito's year. I guess up and down would be the, the simplest way to do it. And I think, to, to me, the essence of his game yesterday was striking out the side in the fourth and looking dominant, and then in the very next inning, allowing a couple of runs. And even he said, Giolito said yesterday, that something is missing right now. What are right. you seeing? What is missing? Yeah, I think that's the thing. You know, I, I believe he had uh, two hits on 0-2 pitches 
and three hits on two two pitches. And he's pretty good. He's been pretty good at least the last couple of years. Very good actually at putting guys away in those kind of counts. So I, I agree with him that you know he said he's missing something in his command. He's missing missing something in his put away ability there. But you know he's you know it's a weird conundrum because you say like okay you take the Boston start out on uh, Patriots Day which was obviously horrible. And he's had a pretty good year. Now, you can't keep taking starts out. You're not allowed to do that, obviously. But, <laughs> you know, he's he's going into yesterday. I think he was 4-1 and one with a 2-8-9 in his last eight starts. So I think he's been pretty good. He may not have been, you know, no hit good against the Pirates last year across the board. But he's still given them, you know, pretty much what they need on a somewhat regular basis. But I think, you know, what Tony La Russa said postgame, what Lucas said, is he wants more. You know, he's not satisfied with being – pretty good he wants to be he embraces that role as the number one guy in that said even though he doesn't have to be because you have Lance Lynn Carlos Rodon has pitched that way this year you know so I mean Dylan Cease has made steps forward Dallas Keuchel's had his moments too so he he wants to be that guy so he was very frustrated you could tell in the postgame yesterday but one thing about Lucas is you know and I don't want to say Lucas over anyone else but you know the work is not going to lack in the next you know, few days leading into his last start before the first, end of the first half in Baltimore. He's going to work with Ethan Katz and try to figure this out just like he has been all year. And I, I would still bet on him being you know, even a higher-level contributor than what he's done in the first half. In my country, Scott Merkin of MLB.com, we call it spin rate. That's what's missing from <laughs> Lucas Giolito. Josh Donaldson appears to be right and right and right. Because StatCast showed Lucas Giolito's spin rate was down 10% from his last sort of, from his May 30th start. His slider was down 15%. So, he's got some splaining to do. If he wonders why he can't get people out, it's, he can call it command, he can call it control, he can call it bearing down, whatever he wants. But it looks more and more like the sticky stuff was a huge reason he was getting people out. Does he get questioned about that? Does he answer this? Does he what what happens? He can't avoid the fact that his spin rate is down ten percent or more. Yeah, you know, I don't want to go into, you know, saying someone did this or someone did that when I don't know that for a fact because there's a lot of guys across the board and guys who are still getting guys out regularly. And you know, look at Lucas's last start against, if nothing else, a pretty good hitting Minnesota team. He was very good in that start. You know, as he said, he had the W, the team had the W and that's all that mattered. And, you know, I, I see guys who are, you know, getting guys out whose spin rates are down. So I, I would say, you know, it's maybe something to look at, but I'm not going to say that he was doing this or doing that just because the spin rate. You know, the statistics are great. I love our baseball savant stat cast tool, but you can't go completely by that all the time. I just think, you know, I really do believe that his command and his, you know, put away stuff is just off right now. And, again, you look across the board and a lot of guys, you know, have – their numbers adjusted across that cast. So I'm not sure what that means one way or the other. Jake Berger, single and a, a triple yesterday. It's been fun watching him. What have you made of that? And what is the future of Jake Berger and the White Sox? Well, it's very interesting. We were debating this yesterday among us in Detroit in that, you know, Adam Engel is pretty close to being ready to come back. So what move do you make there? You know, is it yeah. Danny Mendick going down to the minors because he has options left, but then who's your backup shortstop if Leary Garcia is playing second? You know, Jake Berger's played four games of second base at AAA Charlotte, but that's a pretty big jump for a guy who's never really played that to go play that on a team that's, you know, winning the division. Now, granted, you're playing Minnesota, who's had an awful year in Baltimore, who is just playing awful. 
So, you know, you can roll a little bit with some chances there. And maybe, you know, in a game like Dallas Keuchel pitches where he's a ground ball guy, you don't start Jake Berger at second base there. But, I mean, you can give him an opportunity out there. So it, it just depends. I, I think, though, the story is just tremendous. You know, I think this, if, if he is back at Charlotte on Tuesday or if he's here the rest of the season and the rest of his career, it is just a tremendous story just that, you know, he, he missed three years of baseball because of the uh, – Two ruptured left Achilles. Well, you know the rupture and the re-rupture of his left Achilles. If that is a medical term, which it probably isn't, and then you know the <laughs> pandemic. Three years away from baseball, aside from some instructional league action and that Car Shield league he was in last year, came on, crushed it at Charlotte, and earned his promotion. You know, and it's now talk about Jake Berger, the baseball player, was still a tinge of the Jake Berger. What a great story! But now it's more on what's he doing on the field. You know, and give credit to these young guys. You know, they maybe weren't as touted as some of the other guys, but, you know, Berger and Gavin Sheets, for two, for example, have both come up and done a great job with their opportunities. So, yeah, I think Berger is one of the best stories I've covered in the last, you know, three to five years with the White Sox. Scott Market is our guest. He covers the White Sox for MLB.com. Saturday Suckage on Monday, part of the Suckathon that goes till noon on Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. We were, we were discussing, Mark, just take you back, we were discussing – Tim Anderson, Trevor Story, whether he moves, whether he doesn't, and you were very definitive, and you were, and and I certainly get that, and that was the discussion when Manny Machado was in play. Tim Anderson was saying, "I'm the shortstop," and and when Manny Machado went to San Diego, he and some other veterans went to management and said, "This Tatis Jr. guy." He's playing shortstop, and I will move to third. That's how much we want him in the lineup. So if would you be surprised if Tim Anderson, if there was somebody out there who said, would prompt Tim Anderson to say, I'll move wherever you need to move me to bring this shortstop in if we can win the World Series, if he were given, if he were to embrace it, if he were to come out and say it. Do, the, do you think the Sox need that from him, or do they not even touch that idea of moving him lest they have him go public with some hard feelings at this point. I don't think they, I think he would do it just because he's a total team guy first. You know, he wants to win a world series before anything else, but I don't think they would touch that. I just don't see what are they? 49 and 35, I want to say. So that's what 84 games in. I don't think at 84 games they're going to have a position switch, you know, with Tim Anderson, to, you know, when he's been established at shortstop and playing very good defense at shortstop. So, yeah, I, I just don't see it. I, I, I think anyone they acquire is going to play second base for the White Sox. Uh, Sox All-Stars, Liam Hendricks, Lance Lynn, and Carlos Rodon. Uh, is that about right, Merck? Yeah, I mean, there are other guys who had good cases. Tim was one. Yasmani Grandal, obviously, has had an, an interesting stat line, but a good year overall and had a great June. Um, you know, Abreu, I know, has draws a lot of respect from the players around baseball and has driven in a lot of runs, even if his, you know, numbers are down a little bit. But he's been through, you know, so much physical abuse on the field, you know, running into Hunter Dozier and uh, getting hit in the left, the inside of the left knee with a pitch. So, I mean, he, he could have been in there. And Moncada would be another one, too. So, I mean, there's, there's some guys who, you know, also warranted about that. You can look at that in every team. And, you know, I, you know, Hendricks, Rodon, and Lynn were all player votes. And, you know, the other guys weren't there on the player votes. The other guys weren't in the top two or in the, you know, three in the position. 
So that's kind of how it works. But a good representation, I think just the third, our, our great um, reporter and stat person, Sarah Lang, said that uh, it's the third time in franchise history that they've had three pitchers in an All-Star game. And that last one was 2006 when it was Burley, Bobby Jenks, and Jose Contreras. So that's uh, you know, and, and another great story is Rodon, you know, who was non-tendered. And was telling me the other day, you know, that when he signed that one-year deal, kind of a prove-it deal, all he wanted to do when he got to camp was show that he could start every five days. And he's done that and a lot more. And Lynn's been just, you know, even though you traded a good young pitcher in Dunning who's going to probably do very good things for Texas over time, you got exactly what you needed in Lance Lynn for that rotation. And the same with Hendricks at the back end of the bullpen. Hendricks also, I should add, very proud that he was the first two-time All-Star as a native Australian Dave Nilsson and Grant Balfour each made it once along with him, but now he holds the honor of the only two-time All-Star from Australia. I always love the Grant Balfour comparison because the countrymen just, they, they just have potty mouths all over the place, and it's not at anybody. <laughs> it's at themselves. They just yell at themselves, and they're, and they're mad. And Grant Balfour took a lot of crap for looking like he was talking trash, but he was yelling at himself, and nobody right. let him yell at himself, and Liam Hendricks yells at himself, come on, you, and whatever they call themselves, I don't want to say it. Yeah, but Liam, that, that, Liam Hendricks used a uh, colorful word to, to, to describe what he thinks the perception is of, his, of him is sometimes, and then kind of laughed and said he's glad the players could see through, and that was just kind of his competitive demeanor, but actually he's a pretty you know, laid-back, chill guy when he's not trying to you know, get the final three outs in the ninth inning. And Lance Lynn is an all-star based on just his quotes. Yes. He has the quote I, you know, of the I month said the other night, every month. He would, be, he would be a great late-night talk show guest. He might be a great late-night talk show host, you know? Although he's very, he's kind of like, not soft-spoken, but doesn't say a ton. But what he says is hilarious. You know, the I'm a big bastard quote is, is all, all-time great. <laughs> Already up on the top, going to be a tough one to, to break for the rest of the season, I think. Is there, is there any chance well, the Sox do something with him long term, Mark, or no? I mean, it, it, I mean, it seems like he's a great you know, match, but he he does. But you know, I mean, I think in deference to these guys, you work to get the free agency to explore that, right? Yeah. So right. I, you know, I I see. You know, I mean, it could end up being the perfect fit. He could end up being back for two, three, four years. Who knows? But I think you know, most of these guys kind of like to explore what's out there before they they settle on anything. All right, Mark, go catch your plane. We won't keep you from walking quickly to any more gates. Have a great time. That The best way to see Detroit is by leaving it, so congratulations. <laughs> yeah, I think that one of the nicer buildings in Detroit is this Delta Terminal here, so I'm kind of excited about it. All right, there you go. And by the way, right. <clears throat> wait, I looked up. It'll be in Wagner, but there's, this is one note for you because you and I have an affinity for this band. Uh I went back and looked at, I, I, it popped up that in the bicentennial in America's 200th birthday of 200th independence anniversary in 1976, there were celebrations all over the place, musical celebrations. So in Tampa, at the new stadium in Tampa, the headliners were the Eagles. Also mm. on the bill were Fleetwood Mac, wow. Loggins, and Messina. Holy cow. That would be great for you and I to go see. I would still go yeah. see that that show right now today. And I think a lot of people yeah. are probably going on the radio right now going, who? <laughs> who? 
the, right. The, well, the football team, the Eagles, they, the, the band is still together, but they are. Yeah. They are still going strong. <laughs> yeah, they got Glenn Fry's kid. It's all the, it's all the, it's, uh, it's like Vladdy, Ju- Vladdy Jr. Yeah, Vladimir right. Guerrero Jr. Glenn yes, Fry's kid I, and Vince Gill doing a great job. I would go see that. All right. Thanks, Mark. Catch your plan. Okay, guys. Take care. See you, man. Right, that's Scott Merkin. Um, Chicago, he covers White Sox for MLB.com. And, um, and this is a 708 texter, our text line, 312-644-6767. That's also the number that you could call, even though nobody does. If we do have a breaking phone call, then Trash Panda will let us know. The Tech Zone is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time, shop online at rosenhyundai.com. 708 texter was listening very closely, Mark. Grody's low-key bears got me. <laughs> it's, it's just an involuntary response when I hear Versus. any right when I hear I don't even know what you said it was something about bearing down and I just said bears, bears. bear down baby yeah bears. you know what we should thanks for noticing time, though Texter I appreciate it that we, makes that makes my day yeah every time we talk about the Cubs we should have Trash Panda play the announcement that with the 11th pick in the NFL draft the Bears select Justin Fields. Bears. Every time we talk about the Cubs, we should just have that because that's the only palliative. That's the only thing that'll make it go away. 224 Texter, this is so good, and we're so pleased that you could join us on what we in my country call Monday. 224 Texter, very pleased to find out after waking up this morning that it is only Saturday. What are you guys doing for the 4th tomorrow? I was going to go to Stickney for fireworks but probably we'll just blaze up and watch them on TV. <laughs> We're happy to serve you. That's 630 Texter, driving to Sheboygan with family, and I'm subjecting my children to an all-time low Monday suckage. Vacation ruined. Thanks, guys. Well, I think it was ruined when you set out for Sheboygan. Just make sure when you cross the border into Wisconsin, you turn your watch back 20 years. Uh, 847 Texter, I have a honest question. In five years, are we going to look at the 2016 Cubs the same way we look at the 1985 Bears? Dude, you're three years behind. Try to keep up with the class. We were talking about that for a long, long time, and now it looks like that will finally be the case because they'll have to trade them away. We've been talking hey, about this Hey, but here's the thing years. about all that. that. Hey, the Cubs would be lucky if they talked about the 2016 Cubs the way we talk about the 85 Bears. I've never yeah. understood how that would be a slight. That Those guys are, because of that Super Bowl win, they are super celebrities thriving to this very day. So I, I've never understood why that would be a bad thing. I think it's just because that Bears team seemed like seemed like 85 should have been the start of a run of getting two or three of those yeah and but they got the one the, too. The, yeah. the only yeah. disappointment in either of these cubs or that bears era would have been if they hadn't won okay like like the idea that we are gluttonous and you have to have the only way that this these eras are good is if you win multiple come on this is look multiple is is like special you got like like the people who antagonize about the idea that the cubs will have been a failure in this era are just idiots because it's 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 not they won they won the world series you would think kind 
Does it suck that they probably won't get another one? Yeah, but it doesn't mean it's a failure. And same with the same with that Bears era. Would it have been nice if the Bears won two or three? Yes, but they won the Super Bowl. Oh my and God! I'm hearing less. I'm it's just gre- hearing less. <laughs> of this. this is just such a robber thing. No, but it's, it's true. It's, it's true. I've just, is. I've never gotten that. Not many franchises win multiple titles in over a, a three to five year span. It just doesn't happen. And you would so s- to antagonize by comparing the 2016 Cubs to the 85 doesn't make sense. <laughs> never you has would- to me. <laughs> You Put would, it away. Stop it with that. You would think that Cubs fans of any fans on earth would understand how hard it is to win the World Series. They just yes. got greedy after the one. There's a lot of Cubs well, fans that's that fine. got greedy. I, I, dude, I love the greed. I think greed is good. Yes, there should be a different expectations. But then to to already, in the midst of the era, to and that's what's happened. Like even in 2017 and 18, well, if the Cubs never win another one, this is going to be a fa- What are you talking about? Most franchises don't go back to back. They don't win multiple. The Atlanta Braves, okay, and, and any Braves fan looks back at that era as the, the greatest of golden eras of all time. And we have this thing in Chicago where we like to play this little 2016 Cubs of the 85 Bears as if that would be a bad thing. That would be a spectacular thing if the if the 16 Cubs are like the 85 Bears. And I mean, we still <sighs> talk about now the 85 Bears, right? Like, you What's know, that? Like, yes. we still talk about them. <laughs> Absolutely. That's how great I mean, they it were. was. And it's not like they they didn't win a ton in the 80s. It was even the years they lost, and it sucked. I hated it because I was just a fan. It was still great every single year. It was a blast and different sport because of 16 games, and so the regular season had heavy meaning, and it was fun to watch every individual game. But it's just I I I am tired. Of that, like I feel like it is just an antagonizing thing from a lot of people who say that, like they just want to discount. Like I hate what's going on with the Cubs right now. It sucks that this thing is about to break up. That that this version of the Cubs might be over by July 31st. But to to in any way say that this was a a failed era of Cubs baseball is uh, ludicrous. Go Bears! <laughs> bears all right well all i can tell you is this chicago is no tampa that's that's all you need to know hey we are a failed city uh and we can talk about that after we get back from more you like it when i go off don't you i just i not hear it much in your voice and it is i hear it you know unless i could hear that and i and you know stealing your stole of probasic and all that and i understand what you're saying, be happy with one, but here's the thing with the Cubs. Here's why. Here's why they're regarded as, you know, thank you for that, but you're choked. That's that's the way it looks. And here's why they're compared derisively to the 85 Bears. It should have been, like Pat Trashpanda said, the start of something. But we were told the start of sus- sustained success, winning more than one World Series was the was the goal. The goal was not met. They, they, they won one, but they had all this young talent when they won, they won that one. And then you saw them regress every year until the point where they didn't even make the playoffs. They were losing games. They were losing postseason games, playoff games. They were losing stuff at home. They were choking 
in new and different ways. And it wasn't what Cub fans were promised. If that's sustained success, that you're never going to win another World Series, then that's a misleading description of sustained success. But anyways, well, we'll come I, back. I, and we'll, okay, yeah. go ahead. Take the no, break. Fair. No, I don't want to take a break. I want to make Trash Pando get his red ass, so I'm all for that. So go ahead, Mark. No, I was just going to say that, like, the you you, re, you said the word choking, and it, it absolutely, I mean, the, the, the offense has been horrid in 2018, 2019, and 2020 when it absolutely mattered, and now we're seeing it again here in 2021, averaging just over two runs per game during this lousy nine-game losing streak that the Cubs have had. But the choking prior to 2015 was a lot different than the so-called choking now. Before that, it was the Cubs in 84 winning two games and then not being able to win another game in San Diego. It was getting into the playoffs in 89 and then losing to Will Clark and just getting completely pantsed. It was 2003 with Steve Bartman and all that went down in 2003. 07 and 08, you don't win a single damn playoff game. To me, those are different different versions of choke than the ones that have happened in this era of Cubs baseball. It stinks, but the the bottom line to me is, and we'll talk about how it stinks, but the bottom line, if you want to, if we're already reflecting on this Cubs era, it will have been, I promise you, I promise you, 10 years from now, this era of Cubs baseball will, will have, will be looked back on fondly. Maybe the 85 Bears, if they're lucky, but probably not even that. He's Mark Grody, as Mark Grody. He'll be back as Les Grobstein at some point, I'm sure. Uh, I'm a lot of people alone. think that the Cubs, they didn't choke a lot. Okay. <laughs> Steve Rosenblum. It's Saturday suckage. So what if it's Monday? It's still Saturday suckage. Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there. 
here to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Right on, baby. Yes, sir. Welcome in, welcome back. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Rohde, Saturday Suckage on Monday, the Wake and Bake Club, always. And 469 texture, it's not Saturday Suckage, it's Holiday Suckage. Okay, all right, we're good with that. 262 texture, our text line, by the way, is 312-644-6767. The text zone is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time, shop online at rosenhyundai.com. 262 texture, please do the rest of the show as less, Mark. <laughs> do a for that you suck segment. Kenosha Aaron checking in. For that you vigorously inhale. <laughs> inhale. Yeah, there you go. That is correct. That's the better word for our right. particular um, show. I was doing yeah, some. Yeah, it sucks and it's uh, uh, kind of embarrassing. It sucks and it free bases. Yeah, that too. Um, so I can't do the, the math. So it's 42 and 40. So on June 11th, when I've, you, we use all kinds of marking points when we figure this stuff out, right? So on June 11th, the Cubs were tied for first. They were 36 and 27. And then Anthony Rizzo said he wasn't vaccinated and won't be getting vaccinated. So since then, they've fallen to third place and they've gone six and 15 and including losing nine in a row i don't know if you think that's baseball karma you know what or i what. you know what i think sucked about yesterday in particular in the the reds beating the cubs three to two how in the world did the cubs let amir garrett off the hook i don't know if you were still tuned in at that point but Amir Garrett looked like he had the yips in that inning like he Uh was throwing like his like he was high and tight on every pitch it looked like he was going to walk the world he he did walk Ian Happ Eric Sogard with a single and then somehow bad day for Wilson Contreras yesterday hits into a double play like that there are so many little moments during this losing streak where they're doing things that look amateurish, actually. Like, like you, you have to, like, Garrett's good, but you had to get to that guy yesterday. He knew, like, you could tell Garrett even after that game yesterday, he knew that he got lucky, that he got out of it, and he's going to have to go re-examine himself after that game to figure out what the hell was going on. So that that in particular 
of all the year, there were lots of irritating, little irritating mosquito bites in that game yesterday. But that I was like, okay, Cubs are going to tie this game. They're going to get a damn win. It's still going to suck, but they're going to get a win. And then they, and then Wilson Contreras hits into the double play. And good night. He always, Amir Garrett has always been that guy for me. He could be scary good on the mound. He could be scary good to his own team. You just don't know what what's going to happen because he is that um, emotional, animated, theatrical of a player. And the Cubs know it, you know, better than most, really. And I, I think I think you're right. But I think it sums up the core. It sums up what's happened to the Cubs when you talk about a team that can't get key hits, can't get many hits, period. And there's Wilson Contreras, the tying and potential winning run are on base. He is a guy you would want up there, and there's a 5-4-3 double play. See you later. You suck in Cincinnati, and now they're ahead of you. So you're in third place, and you're entrenched in third place. That's the kind of the way it went. And I, whether, whether it was Garrett or anybody else, it's like the power of the Cubs being able to blow a situation does not matter who's on the mound at this point. It could be Williams Astudio. And he would find a way to strike the Cubs out after going 3-0 and on them. They'd be swinging and missing at 3-0 pitches. That's what I think. Yeah, if you're just waking up, that that's a, that is alarming. That it, it has gotten so bad that the Cubs are, yes, in third place now behind the Cincinnati Reds. And the Cubs are 42-42. and 42. The Cubs are a 500 baseball team. Which and, and these are like as if it's not been alarming enough during the actual losing streak, but there's damage being done now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you could handle losing five in a row or six in a row or whatever it is, but now you're losing your hold on whatever you considered your hold to be third place behind the Cincinnati Reds, 500, and you host the Phillies tonight, hoping that. Zach Davies and his bullpen of merry men, no hitters, can do it again against Matt Moore and the fight in Phil's tonight. Zach Davies you hope so. is yeah. all we have. You hope so, because Jake Arrieta is going, you know, he'll be losing tomorrow, and then it could reach 11 if Zach Davies isn't, and the bullpen isn't good. So the Cubs are eight and a half games behind. They're in third place, eight and a half games behind Milwaukee. The Phillies game Crazy. tonight, 7.05 on the score. Zach's pregame. Starts at 6.30 right here on the score. We were talking earlier about the Cubs, 2016 Cubs, 1985 Bears. And just by comparison, tonight in Montreal, the the Palais du Pux, the, the, the most historic hockey city there is, the Tampa Bay Lightning could win their second straight Stanley Cup. They have a 3 nothing lead, three games to one, three games to none lead over Les Canadiens. And it's just simply the talent gap is so big, and Carey Price sucks, and especially against this team. But it, if you go back and look at Little Tampa and Big Chicago, and I was making this comparison, looking at what they have. The Hawks suck, and they have a bad coach, a bad executive. They have a bunch of executives with zero decency, according to a lot of reports. That's an organization. We haven't really talked about that. But they're simply morally bankrupt, it would appear. And that goes to the players. If the players knew what was going on with the video coach and they did nothing, Jonathan Taves on down, that it's just that that there are players in that locker room who did nothing, 
then you're as guilty as the, the executives who created this warm and fuzzy image of a morally bankrupt team. So there you got the Hawks. They suck. Now, the Bulls suck even with a coach who seems to know what he's doing, somebody who's not Jim Boylan, and a new executive crew. The Bears have sucked at coach and quarterback and still do. The, the, there's reason for optimism, but they still suck until proven different. And the White Sox choked last year after being the first team to qualify for the playoffs and then finishing seventh in the eight-team playoff setup. And they have an excellent chance to redeem themselves. They have a great chance to win the World Series, but until they do, they haven't. So there you are. There's Chicago teams. Tampa Bay Lightning won the Stanley Cup last year. They could win it again this year. The Tampa Bay Rays made the World Series last year. They could make it again this year on a payroll of about $2.50. The Bucks won the Super Bowl last year. This is Tampa, city of champions, and Chicago is dealing with just what I thought. So if you're watching, and, and here's how cocky... Oh, there's. Here's how cocky Tampa has gotten. The mayor of Tampa, a woman named Jane Castor, was quoted as saying this. What we, what we would like is for the Lightning to take it a little easy tonight, to give the Canadians just the smallest break and then bring it back to Amelie Arena for the final and winning of the Stanley Cup. So she's talking about the Tampa Bay Lightning being so good, they could just ease up on the Canadians, lose the game tonight, game four, and bring back the series to Tampa. So there's game five. They could win it at home. She's trying to call their shots as if they're in control of it. How cocky is Tampa? There you go. Here's another little kick in the shin for you. You play the Tampa Bay game. I could play the Milwaukee game with you. Our neighbors to the north, they're schooling the Cubs, eight and a half, eight and a half up in the National League Central. And your Milwaukee Bucks, Steve, the team that you have always been attached to, they <laughs> yes, have put themselves in position to potentially win yes. an NBA title. So it is all around them. Yeah, you know what? The Milwaukee Bucks-Phoenix Suns, we finally get that long-awaited matchup, the one everybody wanted, Bobby Portis against Campaign. <laughs> they love they love the former right. Bull, Bobby Portis, in Milwaukee. And they, they love lo- Like, chanting Phoenix, his yeah. name. He yes. is, you know what uh, he is? He is like what Andres Nocioni was to those, those aughts Chicago Bulls where yes. it was like he was far from the best player, but it was the best chant, the Nocioni chants. And that's what Bobby Portis is, far from their best player with the surprise eyes and all. But they love Bobby Portis, and the lasting legacy that Portis has in his three and a half years in Chicago is punching a guy. He's Mark Grody. I'm Steve Rosenblum. We'll take a break when we come back. Mark, um, Jim, Jim Tomei, uh, um, I, I don't know. You, you do not want to make him mad. I don't know. It's possible for him to get mad. You don't want to make the nicest man in the world mad. But I think you just might, given one of your specific opinions. I will talk about that. I will bring it to you, and we'll get your response to it. Next on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Welcome and welcome back. Steve Rosen with Mark Grody. Saturday suckage on Monday. It's all the same. We suck so you don't have to. 
Uh, we're filling in for Molly and Han now. We'll be filling in for Bernstein and Rahimi as the suckathon goes till nine. Mark, there is this Deep. tweet from Andrea Tomey, wife of Jim, mm -hmm. the nicest man ever made. And her tweet goes like this. If the sandlot comes on in our house, it doesn't matter what else is happening. Jim will sit down and watch it. And it comes on a lot. Ah. I love the sandlot. Mark Grody, you're about to get, I mean, Jim, Jim Tomey is the father in the Incredibles, and he's going to hit you with that big fist for what you're about to say. Mark, what do you think about the Sandlot as a movie? I could not have been more disappointed in the Sandlot when I finally viewed it about, what, seven years ago for the first time in my life. And everybody told me that this is the quintessential baseball movie. And I, like many, grew up playing baseball. I played it my whole life. I played it in high school. I love baseball. And I didn't... They spent... That movie ended up being about a bunch of kids trying to get a ball back from a dog. That's what that movie was about. They spent... So much time on that. Like, that was the... Like, if they had kept with the baseball theme and these kids playing in the sandlot, like, I love the motif and the idea because we could all relate to it as playing baseball and grow... Like, I, I did that. Like, I tried to get kids together and play baseball when I was a youngin'. That's what we did. But no, we did not spend hours trying to get a ball back from a dog. That is what that movie is about. I was hugely disappointed in that and uh that's that's just it's a fact it's not a great movie fact it's a wonderful movie benny the Steve. jet rodriguez and vince scully's calling his name vince scully God, is just... all and he's he's stealing home and it's just it's great i love that movie i think that's terrific and we had we had the director and writer on of the sandlot and he told us how some of the things were made, and and it was just wonderful. It was great. Count me out. Yeah. Well, we. Will. If somebody said, "Hey, Mark, you want to have the director of the Sandlot on?" I would say no. I must. Oh no, I would school. have him on. I would have him on. And say, why did you spend so much time on kids trying to get a ball back from a dog? Because you know the ball. What? Because and the ball was signed by Babe Ruth, Grody. That's uh, why. And then Darth Vader is going to get out of his chair, Grody, and punch you. That's the way that I watched Return of the go. Jedi yesterday. It was on the, yesterday. I love for the weekend television programming, like on just terrestrial TV, because it's all superhero movies and Star Wars. And Jedi was on yesterday, and it was just delightful. By the way, it gives us a nice segue. Do you think Gary Grody is listening right now? I'll make sure he is. If he isn't, I bet you he is. He's number a P one. Number eight of the top movie lines, most famous one on AFI's top 100 lines in 100 years. Number eight is may the force be with you. Ah, number one so is frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. Number two is I'm going to make him an offer. He can't refuse. Number three is more than one line. So this is where this whole thing is a lie. You don't understand. I could have had class. I could have been a contender. Could have been somebody instead of a bum. Which is what I am. Number four is Toto. I have a feeling we're not in Kansas anymore. Number five is here's looking at you, kid. Number six on AFI's list, go ahead, make my day. Number seven, all right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. 
And number eight, may the force be with you. See, now, may the force be with you is great, but I think the better line is the Vader, I'm your father line. Like, I think oh that's the greatest, that's one of the greatest Luke, lines in cinema history. Yeah, it is. See, we, we got this argument. So we're filling in for Molly and Ha, even though their show would be over now, but they would be doing, they would still be on the air for transition. Mark Grody filled in for Mike Mulligan last Friday. He was with David Hall. And the discussion turned to country music, right? It wasn't that yes. the, the, the Hall and Grody Yeah, because David is a, he's a big country music fan. He used to work in, he was a country music star, or I should say country music jock star in his old hometown. So, yeah, that's how that came up the other day with, uh, on the Mulligan Hall show with me. All right, well, we'll see if he was a Johnny Cash come lately because this jogged my memory about a story I wrote in the early 80s. It's the most wonderful thing that involves one of the most famous sports teams you're ever going to hear about and one of the most remarkable lists that you're ever going to hear. And I will discuss that. I will discuss that with you, Mark, after this. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Rohde at Saturday Suckage on Monday. The WB Club, always in session. We suck so you don't have to on this holiday suckage as a texter corrects us. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.